This morning, we're, we're delighted and honored today to have Pastors Rick and Donna Fernandez from King Challenge there in Daly, Florida. Uh, Pastor Rick was just sharing with me in the back that uh, they've been doing this for 38 years, 35? 34 years. They've been with King Challenge for 34 years. And just, they're, <laughs> he said, we're some of the oldest ones left. We're some of the oldest ones left. And, uh, and but praise God, he said, that the, the, the next generation is rising. And Teen Challenge is continuing to make a difference. And, well, I'll tell you, the, the, the Teen Challenge, the ministry that they have at the Women's Center there in Davie, Florida, is the real deal. Uh, they have dedicated their life, as you just heard, 34 years. They've dedicated their life into developing, training, and equipping ladies from all over the United States with life-controlling issues. And they've watched the power of God, the transforming hand of God, begin to work in these ladies' lives really bring uh, a radical change and a difference. And so uh, this morning, we're honored to have them with us today. You're going to hear from them in just a moment. But um, I know that even, even in the midst of COVID, things were happening, and, and some of their support comes from, uh, you know, from the churches that they go and minister to. And sometimes when that stuff gets shut down, you know, it shuts off the ministry, and it shuts off the income. But uh, we've been in relationship for 30 years, they were coming to New Harvest Church before it was New Harvest Church. <laughs> they, were, they were coming uh, even back when we were uh, in, in other parts of the city here. And for over 30 years now here at New Harvest Church, they've been coming nearly every year. There's a couple years they weren't able to make it or we couldn't schedule it in. But uh, the ministry, we watched the ministry grow together and we watched the Lord's hand take part of it together. And now here they are again this year. And I don't know, I, I look forward to this time that we get to invest and let, listen to the transforming power of lives that have been changed. Amen. So just before they come up, they're going to show you a quick video, and then Pastor Rick's going to come up and take it. So guys in the back, why don't you go ahead and start the video, and then we'll welcome them this morning. I didn't have no hope. My life was misery and chaos. My life was just basically surviving one minute at a time. In a matter of months, my whole life went downhill. I lost everything. I became homeless. I had to scrape for food, panhandle for money, panhandle to get high. When I eventually started using heroin is really when everything kind of spiraled downward. I uh, tried to commit suicide and I'm not, you know, fighting this anymore. It was exhausting, you know. Like, I'm living the complete opposite of hope. For the last 60 years, Teen Challenge has been an organization that has really seen much success in people being set free by the power of Jesus Christ. Teen Challenge of the Southeast Region has 20 campuses in six states. We have a thousand beds for adolescents and adults, all of those who are struggling with life-controlling problems. Hope to me now is just, you know, being set free by the blood of Jesus, uh, a new beginning, a new life. I would say hope means to me purpose and anticipating what God is going to do um, in me and through me. Good morning. Father, we thank you for this day, God, that you've given us, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for victory in our lives, God. We thank you that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. God, I pray that whatever we say, whatever we do here this morning, as a ministry that was birthed in the heart of one man, and thousands have been touched, that you would minister to this part of the body of Christ, that they will be open and receptive to be about the Father's business. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Good morning. I want to do something different this morning. Um, the ladies are going to give out some brochures, and the brochures are basically, if you want to get involved with Teen Challenge, you want to be a monthly sponsor, you're welcome to do that. Um, this here is called the Sponsor Student Program. Basically, is geared to work with men, women, boys, and girls. But you're going to be supporting the South Florida Teen Challenge, which is the ladies' home. If you're interested, if you want to uh, raise your hand, they'll give you one. Uh, if you want to just grab it and hold on to it and be praying, please do so. Not everybody raise their hand at the same time. Make sure you get the pastor over here. Give him one. Give his wife one. <laughs> you know, if you want to just hold on to it. And then at the end of the service, if you can turn it into to Siobhan, raise your hand. Or oh, my wife, Donna. Donna, would you stand? Let me introduce my wife, Donna. They'll be back there. We also have some items for sale, uh, jewelry and, and crafts. Everything that's back there, the ladies have made except for the crosses. Uh, the men uh, were the ones that made those crosses, and we purchased them from them and, 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 and try to sell them, and, and we do. Uh, there was one lady said she always buys a cross, and she saw a little one out there. She said, this is different. I want to get this one, <laughs> you know. Everything that you give to this ministry goes to the ministry. You know, I was thinking, and I was sharing with Pastor, that our life is not just revolve around students that come into our program. Even after they graduate and they move on, we're still getting phone calls. Prime example, 2 a.m. this morning, I, I get a text. Or rather, let me take it a little, a uh, few days earlier. Uh, I think it was just before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving. I got a call from a mother. Both daughters went through Teen Challenge. One of them had been to this church. She used to lead the choir. And the other one was the younger. And the younger, for some reason, did not get it. She ended up getting married to a drug user. She ended up having four kids and lost custody. But not only lost custody, she lost total parental rights of all her four kids. And her mother just called me and said, they found her on the sidewalk out cold, and they picked her up, and they took her to the emergency room, and she had been in a coma, in and out, coming in and out. And then after we spoke for a while, I says, I thought I was finished with this. And she says, I guess not. And then I get a, a text at 2 a.m. this morning, and, and the young lady, remember, she, she overdosed on drugs. I get a text this morning, a young man, spiritual grandson, his, his brother calls me and says, Gramp, I need you to call me. I have no kids. These are my spiritual grandkids. And he says, I need you to call me. Do not call my mother. Call me first. And then he told me when I called him that his brother was drunk with another guy. And then they, 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 he made a phone call to an ex-girlfriend that had been out of his life for five years. And these five years, this young lady ended up getting married. She married a, a guy that's as tall as this guy, six foot tall. The Puerto Rican is about this high. And he was drunk, wasted. And they drove to her house. And she told them, I am married. I have five kids. You cannot come over here. And somehow she, he ended up there. The husband came out with the neighbor, and they beat him to a pope. They beat the tar out of him. These two kids somehow ended up in the car, and they drove off. They beat both guys, and all of a sudden they ran into a pole. And right now they're both in ICU. You see, everybody's concerned about the COVID-19. Yes, it has affected people. But let me tell you something. Drugs have been killing and alcohol have been destroying men, women, boys, and girls for many years. 
And that's why I believe that God has called my wife and I to continue even after the program. These ladies come into our program. I want you ladies to go ahead and come up right now. They, they, they go through the program. A lot of things they don't understand. You're going to hear three testimonies of three of our young ladies, and all three of them just graduated the program. One of them, I asked her to come back. And she, uh, she's, she went home to be with her mom, and it's a miracle in her life. And then another one is going to Port St. Lucie to be part of a, a transitional home. And one of them is staying with us as a emerging leaders, which is another program that's part of Teen Challenge. We raise up our own leaders, as Pastor was saying. My wife and I are the oldest, and I'm not talking about an age. I'm talking about in longevity. I'm the first one. My wife is second. My boss, or my former boss, is third. And then our program manager, Barbara Cooper, that was in Winter Haven with my wife, is four. And when I look and I see all these men and women that have been raised up by Teen Challenge, See, God says don't make converts. He says make disciples. And that's what we begin to do is raise up women and men. And, and, and you know what's the incredible thing? That now we have families that are springing up. And I'm like, you kidding me. You know? God is moving in the ministry of Teen Challenge all over the world. But I can only speak of the southeast region. We have 20 centers for men, women, boys, and girls tackling and fighting against drug addiction. There is a COVID, and it's called drug addiction, and it's called alcoholism, and also medication and nicotine. We are fighting the war to, to, to put life transformation into people's lives. So as these ladies open up their hearts, I want you to open up your heart. Because together we can make it. You know, Pastor, talk about miracles. We've lost in South Florida, we've lost all our work projects, fundraising. All we have today is going to churches, and some of them have pulled out and then selling the items. So make sure that today you buy everything back there. We have bills to pay, you know, and uh, together we can make a difference. And let me tell you something. I know you hear this all the time. Everybody's caught up about money. Let me tell you something. If you read your Bible real good, it talks a lot about money. And pastor's so right. I'm Puerto Rican, man, and I was real tight. I was a tightwad when it came to money. You know? Well, I remember one time in, in, in a ministry that I went to visit, and, and somehow back then, I'm not saying I'm rich, but... With Teen Challenge, anybody got a paycheck, it was a miracle. You know, we, we wasn't expecting. When my wife and I, she was making uh, $25 a week, I was making $75 a week. If that came in, it was a miracle. And one day I get a check for $400. I was so excited. I said, wow. I said, I'm going to tie 40% of this. And that, well, that was already his. <laughs> I just didn't know the principles of tithing. But you know, God taught me a lesson. He said, you be obedient, and I have your back. And let me tell you something. For 32 years, my wife and I as a couple have been running this ministry. And God has taken care of everything. Every one of these ladies, what it costs. I gave you those, those forms. What it costs for one of these ladies is $2,000 a month to be in our program. And they don't have it. They burnt every bridge that you could think of. But you know what? Who am I to turn people away for money? I can't do that. Because I'm not going to stand before God right at the pearly gate next to Adam and Eve because they have to wait till everybody gets in before they can get to heaven because of what they did. And I'm not going to hear the words, why should I let you into my kingdom? You didn't let Melissa in. You didn't let Celeste in. Well, God, you don't know about Celeste. She drove me crazy. But I still took her in. Every one of these ladies we've taken in, and it still costs money. 
And you know, I don't apologize for that. Because if God gave me a chance, I mean, he loved me so much that not only he changed my life, took me out of drug addiction, out of prison, and gave me a wife like my wife. And on top of that, he gave me a wife with a car. So I really got blessed, you know. So whatever you do today, folks, remember this. You're not just giving money away. I don't want your tithes. You didn't hear me. I don't want your tithes. Don't curse me. What I want is your offering, a love offering. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Your tithe belongs right here. And I agree on that 100%. When you invest in people's lives, God will take care of you. So as these ladies open up their hearts, I want you to open your heart. God bless you.
um, Saturday. program for like 13 months um yeah and it's completely changed my life it's changed who I was you know and I thank God for it I really do it was worth every second that I was there you know and I wouldn't trade my last year for for anything and it was difficult for me it was you know but I wouldn't trade it because I am different um okay so when I was younger like growing up and stuff um it was very um it was difficult for me. I just had a hard life, you know. My dad left when I was really young. My mom was an alcoholic and on the run from the feds. And so I just grew up in fear all the time, you know. And I never really knew what was going to happen. In school, they um, took me out of mainstream and told me that I was um, learning disabled and that I, would ne I wouldn't be able to learn like everybody else. So I kept getting, you know, I was just a mess in school. You know, I never really fit in. I had a skin disease that covered most of my body, and so I was made fun of regularly. Um, yeah, my life just wasn't really that great. Um, my mom did the best she could, though. My mom loved me, and she did do the best she could, you know. Um, but yeah, so as time went on, um, when I was 19, I met a man who um, was my daughter's father, and he, he abused me in every way you could be abused, you know, and I just lived like that for 17 years I was with him until I decided I was going to be a drug addict. Well, I didn't decide. It kind of just happened. I started drinking, and the drinking led to the next thing. I would do coke, and the coke would lead to this until finally I was an IV drug addict, and I could not stop. You know, pride kept telling me, you know, I was a great mother, and I was doing all these good things, but I was clearly out of control and didn't, I was just a mess, you know. I was covered in sin. I didn't even know it because I was so deceived, you know, and I just thought everything was great. And then I lost my house, and then I lost my car. My daughter jumped out of the bedroom window when she was like 16, and that was it for her, you know. I just kept losing everything. And then I was on the street and still thinking I was okay and that I could handle it, you know. Um, I wound up contracting a liver disease from it, from injecting myself. Um, so, yeah. Uh, then I kept going back and forth to jail because you know, I needed to support my habit, which was a ridiculous amount of money every day. So in order to do that, I started committing crimes, you know, pretty big crimes. And um, I was in and out of jail. You know, I spent better part of three years in jail, you know. Um, and the last time I went in, um, I cried out to God because, you know, I knew there was a God. I just didn't have a relationship with him. I didn't really think he cared about me specifically. So, yeah, I didn't have a relationship with him, but I knew he was there, you know. So I cried out to him. I'm like, God, please, you know. I, it was desperation because I didn't want to go to jail. for It was prison. I was looking at almost four and a half years, and I didn't want to do it. So, and um, he rescued me. He saved me. You know, he's like, all right, and he sent me to Teen Challenge. You know, that was my sentence, which turned out to, you know, change my life. But... So when I went to Teen Challenge, you know, I went in there, I was still full of pride, still full of all these problems, you know, and I didn't realize how broken I was on the inside, you know. I had these deep holes in me that I didn't even know were there, you know. But the longer I stayed in the program, the longer, you know, I kept doing what the counselors and everybody was telling me to do, God just started working on me on the inside of me. Like these deep holes that I had that I would fill with drugs and you know, shopping and everything else, he started to fix inside me. You know, I, do, I don't know how to describe it really. It's just, it's life transformation, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, it's just Teen Challenge has saved my life. You know, it really, God it used Teen Challenge to save my life, so yeah. Sorry, um, is Isaiah 41, three, 41, and it says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you walk through the waters, they will not overflow you. When you, walk through the, when you go through the fires, they will not scorch you, for I am you're the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. Hello, um, my name is Helen. I'm 25 years old, and uh, I graduated last week on Sunday after, yes, praise God, after being in the program for just a little over a year. Um, 
growing up, I had a really supportive family. I was kind of a church kid. I was in church uh, every time the doors were open, you know, Bible studies, Sunday lunch, you know, youth group, everything like that. I could recite all 66 books of the Bible forward, backwards. I knew a lot about God, um, but really didn't have a close relationship with him, and I didn't really know that was possible. Um, I excelled a lot in school. By the time I was 18, I had a degree in early childhood from university. By the time I was 21, I was a registered nurse, um, newly married, had a stepson, um, and a great job at a hospital and a beautiful house. Um, but I relied on my intelligence and my own skills to get me through life and um, didn't really want to seek God. I, I thought I could handle life on my own. Um, I did struggle with anxiety from a young age, and I turned to drinking to help with that anxiety. And I went from, you know, drinking on my days off just to cope with anxiety to having to have alcohol just to go grocery shopping because it was that overwhelming to me. Um, but with that kind of lifestyle, you know, comes arrests and bad decisions. And I ended up getting to a point where I lost my job, lost my marriage, lost my house, lost my car, lost everything. And um, moved from Orlando to South Florida to get help from my parents. And I, I wanted more than anything to kick this alcohol addiction. I mean, I hated it. And I thought, you know, if I could just figure out what this, I'm smart. If I can figure out what the trick is to curing addiction, that I, you know, I'm smart enough to figure it out. So I, you know, I tried psychiatrists. Ended up on a cocktail of nine different mental health medications. I tried uh, therapy. I tried hypnosis. I tried, you know, secular rehab. I tried everything. And I thought, you know, if I could just figure out the trick, then I, I, I will be clean and I can have a good life. And it took me getting to a point of being arrested again and falling on my knees in jail and crying out to God. And I said, you know, God, I can't do this on my own. It's, I can't figure it out. I, I, I know you're up there, but I just need you to show up for me. Um, and it was, it was genuine. And, you know, God doesn't always answer our prayers the way we like because he answered me, my prayer, by sending me to a year-long treatment program. Um, but it turned out to be the biggest blessing because day by day I, I learned how to surrender my life over to God and, and um, you know, surrendered my car, my family, um, my nursing license. I didn't know if I was ever going to be a nurse again. There was a case against me and just had to start surrendering everything over to God and, and just trusting and believing that he has plans and a, a good plan for my life and good things for me. Um, and, and it just, it, and day by day, I just began to trust him and let him into my life. And, and where I was so depressed in the mornings, now I wake up with so much joy because I have that relationship with God. And I'm happy to um, say that I found the trick to addiction. It's Jesus. That's what I was looking for. That's the answer. Um, and just the coolest part of my testimony is just about three weeks ago, right as I was um, getting ready to graduate, my lawyer calls me and says, um, she says, you know, this case that the Board of Nursing has against you is supposed to go to, like, IPN, which is, like, nursing probation. It would have been, like, five to ten years. It's super expensive. And she said, hey, uh, the Board of Nursing dropped everything which is amazing. She said, um, you got no restrictions, just go online, reapply for your license. If, you know, there was never, an, you know, if they ask if there was ever an investigation on a job application, you could say no, they just dropped everything. And she said, you know, she said, you know, this isn't, I've never seen this, you know. She's like, this is crazy. And I can just say, like, glory be to God, you know. Only God, only God could have done that in my life. It's incredible. And, you know, before having such a strange relationship with my family and I've just moved back in with my parents and just, you know, spending Thanksgiving with my family and my brothers and it's just only God could have restored everything to me. I mean, he really restored all the locusts that's stolen in my life. It's just been, it's incredible. It was an incredible year. Um, so the scripture that I'll leave with you is Psalm 30, 11 and 12. It says, you've turned my wailing into dancing. You have removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be quiet. Lord, my God, I will praise your name forever. Thank you. Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Siobhan. I'm uh, 23 years old, and I'm a staff here at Teen Challenge. And um, I'd just like to share my uh, testimony in the form of a spoken word. 
tragedy struck so quickly, it left me gasping for air. <sighs> the shame and abandonment of a drug-addicted father became my burden to bear. The confusion and the chaos left me blind, and that's when fear and doubt attacked my mind. Fear spoke in a whisper, said I'd always be alone. Then came the accusing questions, where is this God you claim to know? Time will heal all wounds, they said. Time will repair. Well, time made the pain dull, but it was always there. And I got trapped in a sickening cycle. I'd gorge myself till I couldn't eat anymore, then I'd force it up and be left more empty than before. And when I left home, I went wild with free reign. But the freedom that I thought I'd found left me shackled and in chains. I always seemed to be hurt by men. And after that day, I vowed no one would ever hurt me again. I locked them in cells and I threw away the key. But the only one made prisoner was me. It felt like a chore just to take a breath. I couldn't see any escape from the pain except for death. There were no tears left to cry. I was done. I wanted to scream to feel something, but I was numb. And in my silence, my soul cried out to my creator. And he showed up. Jesus Christ, my savior. Bit by bit, he removed the scales from my eyes. He gave me a desire to live when I wanted to die. But with fresh eyes, I truly saw myself filthy, covered in sin and mud. But by his grace, I've been redeemed and washed clean by his blood, Jesus, the one called faithful and true. He is mighty to save and make all things new. All that the locust had stolen has been restored. My family, my joy, and so much more. And this is my testimony. It's not just a speech. I share it to put hope within reach because there's no telling where I'd be if no one came to rescue me.
Melissa, come here. These two, Melissa just graduated with the other girls. She joined our emerging leaders team, made a sacrifice as a mother, a mother of one child. This one here came to us. Doesn't have a mother, doesn't have a father. God said in his word that he sets the lonely in families. I told her, when you come, bring your adoption papers. And we adopted her. We adopted every one of these. How many programs you been in? 17. She's a New Yorker pastor. Stubborn. Very stubborn. And so is the other one. Celeste, raise your hand. 17 programs. Can you give us in a nutshell what you've been through? Past or future? Okay, so um, yeah, 17 programs, 11 incarcerations, a prison sentence of two years. Um, pretty much never had a God, but um, today I do. Today I have a God, and, and he loves me, and I don't need to look for anything. All my whole, all my healing, I've been healed. I have been clean. I have been, there's not one program in this world other than Jesus that has worked for me. And I am, I am on, and I am, I'm, it's it. This is my life. And I'm, I'm proud to say that I, I love Jesus, and Jesus loves me. And I don't have to look for anything in this world, anything in this world anymore, okay? I don't. I really don't. And, um, yeah, you know, nothing's more important than him. Kids, children, family, it's him first. And then everything else should fall into place. And I trust in that. And I have faith in that today. And that's all I, that's all I know, yeah. Amen. Why did you choose after going through the program, you haven't even graduated, but why did you choose to be part of our team? I wanted to really step out of myself, um, you know, and just seeing what God does in my life, has done in my life and does in the lives around me and stuff. It spurred something in me that I want to be a part of this forever, you know. I'm tired of doing things that are meaningless and are worthless and that aren't going to last. This is going to have an eternal impression all the way to heaven, and I'm going to be a part of it, you know. And I answered the call. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. And, you know, Jesus chose me. God chose me for this, and, you know, I'm answering his call. Amen. There's a song. I'm not going to sing it. Sometimes it's hard for me to understand. You want to help me? Sometimes it's hard for me to understand why we pull away from each other so easily. Even though we're walking the same road, yet we build dividing walls between our brothers and ourselves. But I don't care what label you may wear. If you believe in Jesus, you belong with me. And the bond we share is all I care to see. One day I'll be a singer. And you know, that is so true. Sometimes it's hard. When you look at the elections and you look at the Democrats and the Republicans and the independents, whatever they may be, you know, the, the house of God, the family of God has been divided. And you know, no matter what goes on, God is still in control. He allows things to happen. And I thank God that I, let me tell you something, it, it bugged me big time. And then I said, I can't see this no more because it's depressing. And I said, I got to keep focused. These ladies are my focus. Every one of them, I have to love on them, respect them, honor them, encourage them, discipline them, joke around with them, cut the food, and believe me, all of them are clowns. And they all like to eat food. 
you know, we are a family. And we ask you to continue to pray. You know, we went, we're low in numbers. We have four ladies in our ministry after these graduated. But you know what? God said he left the 99 on the hill for that one. I don't care if we have one girl with 15 beds open. I will pour out my best in her life. My staff will work because we believe in doing it. But it's not just about this. We don't know where you're at. You might have somebody in your family that needs Teen Challenge. We have programs for men, women, boys, and girls. We're here to serve your family as well. You know, so if you need help, you know somebody needs help, please give us a call. God bless you, and thank you once again for having us, Pastor. Would you come? I think I ran over. Amen. One more time, won't you just give God praise for these ladies? Tink Challenge. Pastor Porter, you can just stay on up here. You can stay on up here. Wow. You know, the Bible says they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. My life is blessed this morning. Thank you, ladies, for being vulnerable and having the courage to share your witness with us today. It means a lot. Thank God for what he's doing. And you know what? At the end of the day, Jesus really is enough. When you live in a, even in a nation as good as ours is, in a divided nation now, but you can still see the hand of God still at work. When our governments can't come together, the Holy Ghost can still work. And we were talking in the bag, the ministry, the work of the kingdom never stops. It didn't stop when COVID-19 hit. People still needed things. People still needed. This ministry never stopped. You know, we never missed a service. We never missed a service. We never missed a youth service. We never missed a prayer service. We kept going. We kept going because the ministry doesn't stop. I woke up this morning, and uh, in just a few moments, we're going to receive an offering for Teen Challenge from Pastor Rick, Pastor Donna, and the work that they're doing there. And I knew they were coming in today. And, uh, and I woke up this morning and just praying over this house, praying over the service. And many of you will remember this. In January of this year, uh, God had spoke to my heart about this year. Our theme for this year was this is your comeback year. I, I think I even preached it in the, in the sense of this is our comeback season. And when I... It was so odd for me. I mean, it was a really odd word for me because I, I felt like, man, the church is doing good. The economy is doing good. In fact, if you remember in 2019, going into 2020, we were going to go into a building program. We, we, we've got the plans, the, 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 the sketch, the drawings done for our new facilities. And we were going to go into this year preparing to build a building, maybe breaking ground by the end of the year. And I thought, Lord, why would, why would we need a comeback year if everything is so strong and we're moving forward? He said, no, it's going to be your comeback year. And I just want you to release that word over this house. And ladies, when you were just giving your testimonies and sharing your witness I just heard the Lord say that over your life. It's going to be a comeback season right here, right now. It's beginning in a supernatural way. And we began to just declare that at the beginning of the year. We did that all through January. We got through February. We were still working on it. I was working with some other groups to, for, for uh, funding and financing to work on our building program, those kind of things, and just getting ideas and whatever we felt like the direction the Lord was leading us into. I'd already met with several bankers and options and talked about those things. And then March came and COVID-19 hit. And then like the whole world shut down. It was a pandemic. The whole world shut down. And then you had 
the, the killing of George Floyd, and then you had civil unrest that began to strike up all over the nation, and then protests end up turning into rioting and looting and lawlessness, and anarchy was birthed in our nation all over again, and things were happening at a monumental level, spiraling downhill and just moving so fast, and then you had all of this unrest that was going on, the civil unrest that was taking place in our nation. There was such a division that was going on. And then you come into the 2020 presidential election, and that widened the gap of the division. And you had all this hatred and mean-spirited things that were being said and done through people all over the United States. And here we are now, literally just four Sundays away from the end of the year, and I'm saying, Lord, it's got to be time for a comeback season. Here we are fighting and standing in faith and believing. But this is what I heard the Lord say when he said to me, it's your comeback season. This is what I heard the Lord say this morning. He said, you still got seed in the ground. You still got seed in the ground. As long as you got seed in the ground, you got hope. As long as you got seed in the ground, things can change. And what I mean by seed in the ground, we got prayers that have been birthed into the atmosphere. We got fasting that have moved our hearts in line with God's hearts. We actually got seed. We planted seed in the ground with our monies, our time, our energy, our talents. We've got seed in the ground. And I heard the Lord say, and I know this is really strange today because I really want to preach it, and maybe I'll, I'll work on it because I started going in the last couple of weeks that, that history belongs to the awakened. And I don't know who this is for today, but I just want to tell you, by the time we get to the end of the year, somebody in here is going to be a history maker. Somebody in here is going to see the power of God move in somebody's life on a monumental level where eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, and neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared. God has prepared a victory. God has prepared a season for a comeback. And so I was just thinking about that and praying about all that this morning. And, um, and then I came across this, and I thought, wow, this is how fitting. You ever heard of the Chinese bamboo plant? You have any, anybody ever heard of a Chinese bamboo plant? Maybe a couple of us have. The, uh, I haven't. I didn't know. All I knew was the China virus. <laughs> that's all I knew. <laughs> it's from China. That's all I knew. But, um, but this is interesting to me. I, we're going to receive an offering. This is just going to fit into it. It says, the Chinese bamboo plant, it starts from a tiny seed that gets planted into the ground. And you spend that first year watering that seed with very little if nothing happening very little happening if anything it, it comes up to one little tender shoot it just emerges up out of the ground and it becomes just a little sprig for the first year for a whole year that's all you get of just watering it that's all you get after the first year and then comes the second year you keep watering it you keep fertilizing it you watch over it, you protect it, but there's no growth. Nothing happens. Nothing happens in the second year. And then you get to the third year, you keep watering it, keep fertilizing it, keep watching over it, keep protecting it, watching over your seed. It doesn't grow any past, any more past what it did the first year. Nothing's happening. Nothing. Nothing's happening. And then you get into the fourth year. You water it, you fertilize it, you watch over it, you protect it, you guard it, you keep it, but nothing happens. Four years and nothing's happened. It's still the same size as it was that first year. But then you get into the fifth year. You water it, you fertilize it, you watch over it, you protect it, you guard it. But at some point in that fifth year, that bamboo plant begins to grow, and it grows 90 feet in six weeks. In the fifth year, it grows 90, that's taller than this building. This building's only about 35 feet from the floor to the ceiling. So you can imagine how tall it gets. 
90 feet, 90 feet in six weeks. So the question is, did it grow 90 feet in six weeks? Or did it grow 90 feet in five years? The answer is it grew 90 feet in five years because it took five years to get the root system down to support the growth that was about to take place. And I just came here to prophesy to somebody, you've been sowing, you've been giving, you've been trusting, you've been working your faith, you've been standing in the gap, you've been faithful, you pressed through, you've lined yourself up with the things of God, and it felt like nothing was happening, nothing was moving, but all of a sudden, you're coming to the end of the year. Could it be that right here at this moment, in this time, there's about to be a miracle growth season? The power of God is about to invade the economic systems of your life on a supernatural level like you have never seen. I just came to tell somebody it's your comeback season. It's your comeback season. God is not finished with what he started. He's not finished with what he started. You can stand. You can stand. You can stand. The Bible says, he who began a good work, he's faithful to complete it. This is what you got to be careful with. That's what I just, I just heard the Lord say. I just, I, I typed this up literally this morning. When you're standing in that gap and you've been faithful with what's been in your hands, and I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about your time, your prayer life, your devotional life, your commitment to the things of God, and you've been faithful. and You've just been sticking your faith out there and you've just been letting it take a beating. Because everything around you wasn't moving. Nothing was shaking. Nothing was taking place. It's like, God, do I got to keep this up? I just got, I'm just telling you, you're a bamboo plant. That's all you are. You're just a bamboo plant. It don't, even, even when I don't see him moving, he's still moving. Even when I don't feel him, he's still moving. He's still, he's still doing what he said he was going to do. See, that's the power of the spoken word over your life. When, when, when Paul left Timothy in Ephesus, he said, I'm going to leave you here. I'm going to leave you in charge. You're just a young man, but I'm going to leave you in charge. And Timothy got to a place in his life where he was so discouraged. The, 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 the amount of work and the workload and the pressure of ministry began to overtake him. And he was feeling discouraged and almost at the point of wanting to quit. And Paul comes along in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 18. He looks at his young son in the Lord. He said, Timothy, you got to fight the warfare. you got to wage a good warfare over the prophecies that's been spoken over your life. you got to go back and you got to remember everything that God ever said over your life. And you got to put your foot down and stick your face into the wind. And you got to engage in the fight. Because whatever God has started, he's going to be faithful to complete. Every now and then, you just got to remind yourself, I'm in a war, but it's a war that I win. I'm in a fight, but it's a fight that I win. Hey, It's a fight that I carry out. He said, Timothy, you got to make war with the words that have been spoken over your life. I just feel, I want to encourage somebody today. Maybe you came in here and you've come into the end of the year and we're trying to catch our breath. I think we all are. We've all have been in a struggle and we've... We've lost some family members this year. There's some other families in here that lost family members this year. It hadn't been easy. Some people have lost their jobs. Some people have lost their income. People have lost businesses. And it's been a struggle. It's been a fight. But you know what? At the end of the day, if God said he was going to do something, I put my faith in God. I put my money on God. I'm not going to trust the economies of this world, but I will trust in the name of the Lord. And you got to learn how to war with those words. I looked at these ladies here this morning when they were just giving their testimonies and singing and ministering. You know, when they were born, every single one of them was born with a purpose. Yes. yes. Every single one of them had a purpose that God had ordained before they were even born. Before, before, I, before I knew you, I ordained you, says the Lord. Amen. I've commissioned you. I've purposed you. Before you ever caught your first breath on this side of the mo your mother's womb, I've already had a plan for your life. I have already staked out your life. And then you hit this road called life, and things get twisted, things get rough, and things get tough. And sometimes we take a sidetrack. But if you'll just understand that Jesus is enough, Jesus is all I need, he'll pull you back. And you know what? You may have felt like you've lost years 
in wasted years. But he said, I'll make up to you. I'll redeem the time. I'll turn it around. And everything that the devil meant for harm, I'll bring it back and I'll make good out of it. Because that's the power of a word. It's the power of a spoken word. It's the power over the seed of God that's in your life. Luke 8, 11 says, the word of God is seed. God has a plan. God has a good plan. Don't give up on your seed. Your seed in the ground. Some may trust in horses. Some may trust in chariots. But I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord. I started to type this out so you could see it, but I'll just say, I'll quote it to you. If it's not done, then he's not finished. Everything God has said about your life, if it's not where it needs to be, then he's not finished. He's still working. I just want to say this over. God's not done with our nation. If you think for a moment we're going to turn this nation over to a devil's hell, you have lost your mind. There's enough blood-bought, born-again, spirit-filled believers that are contending for the move of God over this nation. I believe there's going to be a third great awakening right here in America that's going to spread all over the world. It's not done. He's not done. He is not done with what he said he was going to do. So we stand we stand in faith, and we keep declaring the word of the Lord. I've got promises in my life I hadn't seen yet. What do you do? You keep standing. I take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and I go against my enemies. I use the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of that word, word there in the Greek. It's not logos, it's not the written word, it's the spoken word, it's rhema. So that means you got to say something out of your mouth every now and then. you got to say back to the enemy, say, I've got the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Listen, that sword does not work with closed mouths. Don't work. It's not a weapon. It only becomes a weapon when you say it. It only becomes a weapon against your enemy when you put it into the atmosphere of the enemies that are attacking you. And can I just tell you, whatever has held you back this year, I'm putting it back into the face of the enemy. I say, you got to turn it loose. You got to let it go. Hallelujah. I just believe this morning, I know we're coming, we're going to receive the offering, we're going to go, but I just believe all over this building, somebody needs to catch that word. God has said, you're going to have a comeback season. You better get ready. It's about to turn, and it's about to turn real fast, real quick, and in a hurry. Come on, lift your hands if you believe God can turn it. God can turn it in just a matter of days and weeks. Come on, just begin to lift your voice. Just begin to lift your voice for a moment. Lift your voice. Turn it, he's going to turn it. That's where you're at. 
You're in your fifth year. Come on, look at somebody next to you and tell them, you're in your fifth year. You're about to bloom. You're about to blossom. You're about to see the acceleration of the hand of the Lord. The reason why it don't look like anything was happening because your root system was going down deep so that you could sustain what's about to grow up. Hallelujah. because I've been in a funk too. I've been in this battle too. And God just like, I, I woke up and God said, what are you going to do with that word? What are you going to, I said, what word? He said, the word that I gave you to declare in January. Have you turned it loose? Have you let it go? You got to make war with the prophecies that have been spoken over your life. Job 23, he says, you shall decree a thing. And it will be established for you. You got to say something. You got to put something out there. Amen. So that's what we're doing today. That's what we're doing. That's what these ladies were doing. They were decreeing what God had done in their life. You know what? It gets established. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Today, I don't know if you know this or not, but today starts the Advent season. Today is the beginning of the advent what is the advent that's the coming expectation of jesus christ that's what advent is it's the coming the expectation that jesus was about to make his arrival in the earth you know why because jesus is enough i've got an advent going on today hallelujah because i've got an earnest expectation that he's coming to make it right he's coming to make it good amen Come on, lift your hands. I want to pray for you and we'll receive an offering. Father, I thank you today for every person, every life in this building today. And Lord, I know that there are people that are standing under the sound of my voice. They're standing in the middle of a season of struggle. They're standing in the middle of a season of disappointment and discouragement. But God, I pray in the name of Jesus that they'll reach for their hope. They'll reach for the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. And know that today, from this day on, everything in their life can change. Everything in their life can shift. So, Father, we thank you this morning for the power of the resurrected Christ, the Savior, our Lord. And, Lord, I thank you today that as we walk out of this building, we thank you today, Lord, that there's power in the word. There's power in the spoken word. There's power over prophecies. So, Father, we declare today that every life, every life will grab hold of the promises of God that's working in their life. And Lord, we just thank you. And we just give you praise. And Lord, our expectation is on something better. Our expectation is on something different. Our expectation is on the manifestation of the glory of God that's about to be revealed. And Father, we just thank you. And we just give you praise for that. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen. And amen and amen. If you need to offer an envelope, I think they already probably passed them out. This is how we're going to dismiss. We're going to, we're going to bring our tithes, I mean our offerings for Teen Challenge, and we're going to release it. Listen, please, I, I'm, I, I don't do this a lot, but this is something I believe. You cannot hear and see the witness of the power of God changing somebody's life and not want to give in to that. You, you can't see the miracles that takes place in people's life and not say, I want to partner with that. So I'm, 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 I'm encouraging you today. Make sure you give something. Don't walk out of here and live on the overflow of somebody else's anointing. Make sure that we commit and say we're going to be a blessing to what God is doing in somebody else's life. Here, here's what I know. I know, I know we're, just, just hear me, just, here's what I know. This is what I know. The best way to receive a miracle is to be a miracle for somebody else. That's good. The best way to receive a miracle is to be a miracle for somebody else. And that's why we take these moments. We don't do many, but we only take a few out of the year where we invest and we say we want to help. We want to be a part. We want to partner. And we've been doing this for years now, okay? So I just want to encourage you to take your offerings. And just say, Lord, I'm just investing in somebody else's life. Love on somebody before you go. Have an amazing, amazing rest of the day. And we'll see you Tuesday night at prayer meeting. God bless you. Lord, bless your people today. In Jesus' name.